The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Eight and a half minutes after 10 a.m. Good morning. You're listening to The Talking Point. Uh, it's still a ple- on and a pleasure being in your company. Thank you so much for listening to us and being a part of this conversation. So it's that time of the year again where a lot of young people, especially those who are awaiting their matric results, are anxiety-filled because they're asking themselves, what's next for me? A lot of them will not be able to make it into a university just based on the sheer limitations that exist around that. There aren't enough you know, slots. There aren't enough seats in the lecture theatres. Uh, there aren't enough available opportunities because we do not have enough universities in this country. So a lot of them will then have three options outside of university. One, sit at home and do nothing. That That's an option. The second option would be to uh, pursue some sort of vocational training in, in an FET institution. Uh, or the third would be to the, enter the job market. Um, some may be lucky in a contracting economy to maybe find an opportunity. Many won't be. So many young people are going to be stuck between either sitting at home or going to and pursuing a vocational training uh, in, in, in the very many institutions that we have available in the country offering those sort of opportunities. Uh, FET colleges, technical colleges, uh, we, we, we have a lot of those. I'm not sure that we have enough of those, but I certainly know that we have more of those than we do universities. So that's certainly a good place to start. And today we're having a conversation about exactly that. Joining me to, to be to be a part of this conversation, Sabelo Butelez is the Chief Director for Artisanal at the Department of Higher Education and Training. I'm also joined in studio by Ngatisa Mpande, who's the Acting Chief Executive Officer of Mercita. And joining us on the line is Rendani Chibula, who is the PR and Stakeholder Engagement Manager for the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. Thank you so much for joining me in studio, guys. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, let's perhaps start here. Earlier on, I made the comment, Natisa, uh, that artisanal uh, and vocational uh, occupations are not sexy. Uh, no. If if you're a student that passed matric and and you think you did well, you'd likely want to become an engineer than uh, a boiler maker. You'd rather want to become, uh, uh, you know, a doctor than you would want to become a nurse or whatever the case may be. Um, plumbing, um, you know, artisanal skills are not are not positioned as attractive occupations how do we change that yeah it's very interesting because um we when we do our road shows around the country um we hear a lot of those comments that it's not attractive enough and i was having a conversation earlier with mr wutelezi that as the department of higher education and training maybe this is the conversations need to start earlier higher education with basic education so we catch them at an early stage you don't catch them on the 19th of january when uh the metric results are coming out when they say what do i do Mm. you catch them when they're young you show them what drives the economy you show them why it's important to be artisans so that when they um when they they, they choose their choice of subjects even at high school they know i want to be a plumber I want to be um, a boilermaker. I want to be uh, not just the, the same focus that we put on being an accountant, because I'm an accountant. I know that when I was in high school, 
that uh, I, I knew what an accountant was. Mm. But these uh, young people, they don't know. When they see them, they see it as a de- as dirty trades. We need to mm. change that. And that's where we come in as Mesita. Because with the fourth industrial resolution, revolution, it doesn't have to be dirty. There's mm. a whole lot of um, um, qualifications that they can train on. And also fixing our colleges. That's where Mr. Vitellius maybe can answer better there in terms of how do we prepare our TV colleges and our FET colleges so that they prepare the yeah. students. Not necessarily make them sexy, but uh, young people want to go to attractive places. And how do we make those places attractive for them? Mm. So it's also in the optics, it's in the visual, mm. but also is what is in it for me. And Mercita does a lot of that. Mm. So we, um, a month be, be, ago... Be, before we get to, to, to the programmatic conversation, mm-hmm. I just sort of want to break through that barrier of this is a viable option, right? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Butelezi, even in the language we use when we describe some of these careers, we'll speak of accountants, doctors, lawyers as professionals. But we don't use that language for fitters and turners, boilermakers, plumbers, carpenters. Uh, but it's a professional skill. Right, we don't speak of those as professional careers, even uh, in 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 the layman's language. Maybe in the technical language, we may do that. Uh, but has has the Department of Education done enough to to say to fourteen, fifteen year olds in South Africa, one day you can become a boilermaker and you can go work at a shipyard and you can travel the world and it will be a viable career for you and your family. Uh, thank th- thank you very much, uh, Oliver. That's the narrative that we need to drive and focus. I agree with uh, my colleague, uh, Disa. I'm an artisan, by the way, by qualification. So what we need to do is to look on artisan identity and status the same way that we are looking on an accountant, a Mm. doctor. When an accountant enters the, the house, you know an accountant has entered, a doctor has entered. But we need to look the same way in terms of plumbers, in terms of boilermakers, in terms of... Uh, and it's only in this country where we are not doing that. In other countries, in developed countries, it's artisans have a, have a status. Mm, you, mm. you look on developed countries as an artisan you really have a very high status. And also, coming to your earlier question in terms of uh, how do we attract the youth, basically we need 60% of the school leavers need to consider career in vocational education rather than going to universities. We have more uh, vocational education. That's what drives the economy. You can, we can have engineers designing, but this beautiful building that we are in, it was built by, by bricklayers, by plumbers, by electricians. It might have been designed by one or two engineers, but how many bricklayers, how many plumbers, how many electricians were involved in terms of the actual work? That is what drives the economy of any country. So that is the narrative that we need to Drive And as a department, we have a number of programs that we are making these artisanal careers a career of choice. Mm. And our minister has been quite in a number of platforms saying we need to make the artisanal careers a career of choice. Yeah. Uh, Randani, uh, do you have a reflection on that? I mean, 
you know, you're, you're with the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. I can tell you now, uh, I did not think about becoming a plumber when I was 10 years old because the, 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 the plumber that came to fix uh, our burst tap at a burst pipe at home under the sink, uh, his butt crack was showing out. He, <laughs> uh, it, he, he's, it, the, the entire thing just smelled dirty because now I had to smell the toilet not flushing well uh, for a while. And I just thought I cannot see myself doing this, but but we need to make that, uh, you know, um, uh, an attractive, you know, Natisa speaks about uh, make the optics of it. How do we get the optics right? Randani? Oh, do we have? Hello? Ah, there we go. You're with us. Yes. Can yeah. you hear me? Yes, now I can. Go ahead. There, there we go. I think this is the first step, you know, having such platforms of engagement. You know, I think as trades, specifically the plumbing industry, and I love the fact that you mentioned the word sexy. We know that it's not a glamorous industry and it's not a first choice career option. But I think we as an industry have a responsibility of conscientizing and creating platforms to educate because people have limited knowledge about this information, you know, or actually don't even know. They just see things from face value and, hey, that's plumbing. They look uh, broke. They look dirty. And that's definitely not sexy for me. It's not attractive. But I think more than anything, we have to create role models of the industry. Just like in the legal mm, or mm. The, you know, economic sector, we have names that are there. And that's why us as a professional body have introduced a specific designation called the master plumber. You know, that, that encompasses different uh, uh, attributes from um, leadership attributes, from uh, business attributes. So it's not just a matter of doing the physical thing. But another thing is, it's also to make people aware that, look, you know, this is something that you don't just wake up. You don't wake up in the morning and actually unblock a drain and you become a plumber. You actually get educated. And I think people have underestimated that because of limited knowledge. You actually mm. have to go to a TVET institution. You have to learn the theory, the practical, just like in any other industry. That already brings credibility to the faith of the industry you know and i think that's why i spoke about the knowledge but beyond that i think as an industry we have the responsibility to brand the industry if you can't expect society to understand and know the value of something if it's not highlighted that's why marketing is essential yeah. you know and marketing the the value proposition within the industry the opportunities it's not just technical opportunities, the administrative opportunities, the entrepreneurial opportunities. That broadens the mindset. That already gives a, a sense of, oh, okay, I'm not just in overalls. I'm not just going to show my backpack. I actually can create employment. Mm, I can actually mm. be a, a solution bringer to the country. I can actually add to the GDP of this country. And that's how people will start recognizing trades or specifically plumbing as a significant career choice option. We we have to create role models. We have to look, make it look attractive. It's like a diamond that hasn't been polished. It has value, but people will think it's a stone because it's still dirty. You yeah, know, so yeah. we need to just polish it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the president doing the State of the Nation address at some point, I think a year or two ago, and he was wearing the suit, and he was so joyous to tell us that the suit was locally made, mm. uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't tell us about the local plumber that fixed his toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 086-000-2032. Give us a call. What is uh, your contribution or question to this conversation right now? Let's take a quick break on the other side of this. We continue. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 
086 Give us a call if you want to be a part of this conversation. I'm in conversation with Sabela Buteleza, the Chief Director for Artisanal at the Department of Higher Education and Training, as well as Nadi Sampane, the Acting Chief Executive Officer for Mercita. Rendani Chibula is the PR and Stakeholder Engagement Manager for the Plumbing Industry Registration Board. Nadisa, what does Mercita do? Hmm. Well, Mercita is uh, one of... Um, 21 sector education and training authorities that were formed in uh, 2001. All sectors are touched by CETAs. Sure. Uh, CETA, uh, is in the metals, engineering, we also tire, plastics. So we, uh, we, we, we are in, in the metals and engineering sector. We so all, all the manufacturing-based sectors, yes, yes. am I understanding that correct? Yes, correct. So we, uh, we, we have more than uh, 44,000 companies that pay levies to us. Wow. And uh, those are companies... Are manufacturers? Manu- yes. In the, in, the mo- in the bulk or is it a mix? It's a mix. Okay. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a big, for example, if I, I'm thinking of one, Mercedes-Benz, Accelometal, right. Total, Nissan, Ford. So if you oh, even petrochemical, auto, petrochemical uh, yes. uh, companies. Okay. Yes, correct. Manufacturing. So they employ about 400,000 uh, uh, workers. And those workers, uh, you know, I'm sure as SAPC, I'm not sure with, uh, which CETA you belong to. Uh, you in your pay slip, there's a one percent skills development levy that you mm. pay. So that money comes to us, and then what we do with that money, then we we, we will open a window uh, about twice a year, and ask for companies to uh, apply for any training opportunities, and we give them monetary grants and discretionary grants based on the need. So we do that every year. Last year alone, we paid about 1.1 billion rands in grants. So wow. this is for all training interventions. So when they make the application, we open the window, they come in, we look at the application, we go and do verifications, they come to us, we approve, and then we disperse the funds. Mm. And we follow it up, uh, we disperse it in different ways, depending on what the, 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 in the training um, thing, the requirements that they ask for. And uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, our job is to make sure that uh, we facilitate training, we disperse funds to make sure that uh, the industry is skilled. Mm. So that is, if you think of how much CETA, do you collect in levies? As Mercita, we collect about one point two billion rands per annum. So last year you collected one point two billion in levies, and you dispersed one point one billion. Yes. In, in 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 training in training grants. Yes. Uh, f- so if you, uh, as an accountant, I'd, I'm gonna try and. Uh, so you only used a hundred thousand, a hundred no. million for uh, administrative costs. No, no, no. So we that one point one billion. We yeah. collected. Remember, we, we also have reserves. So oh, we've got okay. money that's sitting in banks because we've got commitments to the value of about four four point five billion. So if you if if someone comes and asks for money from Mesita, from Mesita, it's not a one year contract. Some contracts we sign up to four years. So we've got MOAs from one year one year contracts, two year contracts. So when we sign the MOA with you, we put that money aside and say. This is what we will be paying for company ABC. So that money, I'm talking about the money we collected, is just for the last financial year. So we can only use about 10.5% of that on administration 
So if you receive 100 rands, only 10 rands 50 can go into the rent of the building, the salaries. Mm. The about 49% must go to, about 20% goes to mandatory grants. By mandatory means, if you contribute and you can prove to us that you've contributed and you submit necessary documents, then we give you that 20% of what you've contributed. And then the balance of it is discretionary. So we that's where we open a window and say we've got this uh, window open. If you've got training opportunities in these sectors, in this in this uh, sorry not sectors in this uh, opportunity in this uh, what um, in in the following uh, mm. uh, yes in the following um, uh, opportunities please apply and then we'll give you the money. So so, so let's concretize this. Uh, I manufacture generators hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. right? I manufacture generators, but installing these generators is another job in and of itself. I only but manufacture it. And I realize there's an opportunity. A lot of my clients want me to come and install. I don't yet have that capacity as far as uh, human capital is concerned. But I want to hire young people, but I also have to train them in how to install a generator. So now I come to you, I say, Natisa, please give me some money. Uh, I, I want to teach young people how to install a generator in a house. Mm-hmm. Um, you then look at it, you're like, okay, you've paid your levies, you're compliant, you've paid your taxes, maybe you have an agreement with SARS to make sure that's a requirement. Uh, and you then give me money. I train those young people on how to install generators. Uh, and then I employ some of them later on. Mm-hmm. Am I understanding that value well, chain correctly? Well, the value that if, if you were to simplistically put it, that's how it, that's how it is. So what we do though is before we give you that money, we go and check whether you do have the capacity to train. So you can come and say, I've got a huge building, I've got capacity to train ten people, but we've got uh, we we will send our CLOs and say go and check the, if there's this capacity, and then our CLO will say no. I know that they, I can see that they do have the capability, but they don't, they, they will not be able to train the 10 that they're asking for. We recommend that for now we give them two uh, so that they train those two and as they train them. And the nice thing about our, uh, the, 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 the trades that they uh, we get, tra- they, they get training on, they don't have to wait for jobs. They then can go and these young people can go and open their own businesses. And I think that's what Rendani was saying. Yes, you go to a TVET college yeah. for training and proper qualification and then you got you you go and uh get some uh, some 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 work experience the nice thing about these uh these trades is that you can immediately Mm. if you've got the right mentors you've got the right training you can immediately open your own business and Mm. we don't only give money for training for those trades. We also entrepreneurial skills enterprise training, development, finance, enterprise development. Right. We we do offer those kind of support, and it's, uh, we are not the only sitter. There are other sitters as well right. that we collaborate with to make sure that young people don't just depend on the on uh, on, on the economy. They create the economy. Themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Sabelo, if I then sp- uh, if I go to Najisa and she says, I don't think you you have the capability, just not the capacity. And I say, yeah, but uh, okay, I really think this would help me grow my business if I got these 10 young people in to go and install generators, but they, they need the training and the skills. If I come to you and say, do your colleges do this? Can I collaborate with one of your colleges as, a, as an opportunity to train some young people and bring them into the business? Is, is that something the department gets involved in? Definitely. The department is uh, looking at building the capacity of TVET colleges to train particularly artisan. Hence, in 2014, 
the minister launched the decade of, a, of an artisan, which is a program that is running up to 2024. Mm. And in 2017, we launched the centers of specialization, which were, we are building capacity of TVET colleges to train artisans of the 21st century using the latest technology, ensuring that they are properly trained on the, on the, on the knowledge, on the practical, and they have work, and, and they have workplace skills. That's where we then work with CITAS so that CITAS will fund the workplace component. They will make it easier for employers to use the TVET colleges as the institutions of choice so that they will also become attractive to young people. They know that if I go to a TVET college, I will then be able to get a skill that yeah. will lead to employ 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 employment and also employers they are getting this relief from sure. the city the, the sitters it's not by the way it's not the only relief that they get they get tax rebate if they if they are doing if they are doing training and they qualify you mm-hmm. apply to sars you get you you get you, do, you get tax rebate and a lot of other incentives for training young people in technical and vocational education it's half past 10 let's take your news headlines Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Give us a call if you have any questions uh, for for any of my panelists. If you want to make a contribution to the conversation, really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we lost Rendani there. I, we're just going to try and reconnect with him because I, I also want him to contribute around how important uh, corporate partnerships and CETA partnerships are to the industry that he operates in. Um, uh, that is, uh, let me let me bring this back uh, to to this. Do you prescribe what? the grants can and can't be used for and do you track that so for instance if i get money from you can i use that money to pay the salaries of the 10 people i'm going to train give them a stipend of sort uh or do i have to use it specifically for training material and training operations we do prescribe it uh, uh but we also in the say in the amount we say you can use about 7.5 percent of this for project administration because we do understand that uh, that training those training materials need to be bought it's not just about student learners coming in and getting training so we prescribe it in the sense that these are the 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 the, 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 the this is what we can use the money for as per our SLA because remember when they apply they say we want to provide training in the following mm. um, and then we agree we say we'll give you that money for this, uh, for this, and then when they, when we sign that SLA, we say, okay, we're going to disperse money in the following. Usually, we do it in four trenches. On you, when you sign the MOA, we give you money so that you can uh, do what you need to do, and then when you prove to us that you've registered the learners, we give you another badge, and so on and so forth. And on completion, you can must prove to us that these learners did get the the qualification, uh, the training that uh, you asked money for, and then we. We, we give you that money. So it is prescribed. Uh, we've got the Skills Development Labor yeah. Act uh, that says, uh, you, for example, you can't use it for, I don't know, you can't go to Mauritius, Oliver, with it. You <laughs> <laughs> we, we expect that. Uh, we also have the Auditor General. They What they do is uh, they are our watchdog. So ah, they, what they do... Because you're a statutory body. Of course. So what they do is they pick any project. Sorry. They pick any project and they give us a list and say, we're going to visit these companies to check whether they've used the money for what you um, 
they are they they, they do say those, they would do. Uh, do those spot audits ever come back uh, making you look suspicious? Um, no, we've got uh, unqualified audits for the last twenty one years uh, okay. of existence at Misita. Are your are your let's call them levy partners or let's call them industry member organizations? Mm-hmm. Are they largely compliant? Especially yes. with levy payments and that sort of stuff. Yes, they they pay to SARS, uh, so oh, SARS they don't pay directly, directly to, to us. So we get the allocation. So they they have to because they 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 do get registered uh, with uh, for, for 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 levy payments with SARS. So they in in a large. Uh, some of them, they even the, if in, even though they don't qualify, they still pay. So mm. what we do is, if we receive money from a company that shouldn't be paying levies, we keep that money and we refund it, because we also have a threshold that you must uh, make so much levy income. I think it's about five hundred thousand, and then if you m- make less than that, you don't have to pay the levy. So it is a very regulated, and not just okay. I want to go back to the uh, the last comment. It's not just the age. We also have our managers who go and do. Right, visits. right, right. Yes. And does does Minister Ibrahim Patel ever call you and saying that uh, hey, we have a shortage of people in shipyards in the marine economy, for instance, the maritime economy? Can you make sure that you uh, earmark a lot more levies for companies in that industry so that we can train as many people there, or is it entirely up to your discretion? Well, we do have those requests. For example, whatever government, uh, the discussions that happen in terms of the National Skills Development Plan. So there are conversations that happen that say we, as a country, we need so many artisans. We need them in the following sectors. So we do get those calls and say, okay, Ms. Sita, please make sure that you give us so many artisans. And what we do, we also very uh, attuned in terms of the, 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 the needs of the industry. We know that uh, like in the marine, we, there's, there's the qualifications that need to uh, that we concentrate on there so we do give support for that I've never uh, personally received a, a call from him but those requests do come yeah and I mean I was <laughs> as, being, as being a little bit facetious yeah, yeah, but but you yeah, got but you get the gist of it yeah uh, 400,000 people are employed in this industry uh-huh. you, that 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 pay levies uh, to Mercita how many do you know how many training opportunities you funded last year Sure, I know we signed a commitment. So if you look at our commitment register, it's sitting at uh, 4.8 billion rands. So we committed, because uh, we it was at 3.5, and then we added another 1.3 billion. So in terms of MOAs that were signed last year alone, it doesn't mean that the training was delivered. So that 1.2 billion is actually yeah. money that was actually paid. It may have resulted from MOAs that were signed in the last financial year or in the previous financial years. Mm, so mm. Uh, we, we do keep track of that, but uh, we've got commitments to the value of about 4.8 billion Mm. But does uh, Natisa ever give you money? Uh. Y- yes, they do. <laughs> uh, because uh, I'm assuming some of you, the colleges would need money. For 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 specific project, not for department operation, but for specific project that are happening at Tivet College. We do partner with CITA. One quick point that I just want to quickly highlight that uh, on, on what you were raising with the with, with, with this, uh, the department publishes and we review this on annual basis, the list of skills in high demand. Okay. That is what drives... What are the top sectors. five right now? Uh, 
I can't say the top five on top of my head now, but I can top. I, I can tell you that within the top thirteen that we are doing in terms of artisanal training, your plumbers are there, your welders are there, your electrician are there, your fitter antennas, your your millwrights. Because w- one of the projects that we are doing at the department, also funded by different centers, is the centers of specialization where we work with different employer organization like institutes of plumbers like your retail motor industry like your CIFSA we then do a project that will train artisan on the top 13 skills that are coming from the list of skills in high in, in high demand that has been so researched. when you say high demand to me it means if I have a skill in that skill list I'm not going to be unemployed is that what it means that, that's the, that's basically what it means because we'll engage in a with 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 the with the sector and say what are skills like for instance in broadcasting what are skills where you are not finding a suitably qualified people and then we will rank those in terms of uh, demand and then we'll say this is the skill that is in high, in, 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 high, in high in high demand so that these are the areas that we need to engage sitters to focus on we need to drive our tivet colleges hence we have set mm-hmm. these 34 centers of specialization <clears throat> in 20 tivet colleges so that they work in partnership with the industry to train the artisan for those particular skills that are in high demand. Yeah. Rendani, what's the likelihood that an art, uh, a plumber would be unemployed? Uh, um, look, I always say this, you know, plumbers are responsible for transporting the most valuable commodity, which is yeah. water. And every aspect, every aspect of society requires water. There's a maintenance side to it. There's new developments. The, you know, there's consistent uh, structural development that's aligned to uh, plumbing. So I think if a plumber is professionally licensed by the professional industry body you know um it, it, there's a uh, there's a limited uh, likelihood or chance that they'll be unemployed because the work the work is so broad but you know um because the fact that there's limited information going back to the conversation i had i was i was having earlier with you is that because the fact that there's limited information only a certain amount of people are being again are benefiting from the value that's there yeah. you know only a limited amount of people but definitely employment is very broad i mentioned earlier there's technical opportunities there's administrative opportunities there's entrepreneurial opportunities even within the technical opportunities you know there's different specializations so the, the pie is huge there's this big saying that um you know you can get a piece of the pie but the plumbing industry doesn't work with pieces of pies it actually has baking powder you know it has different flavors because there's how many how many many licenses do you guys issue per year on average not specifically one license you you just literally register with us once you've passed your trade test which is formerly known as a red seal you know you go through an induction process so that we make the plumber so equipped that they understand uh, standards that are required regulations so you just need to be licensed but yeah. in that license you have a specific designation you know you specialize in something you're either a learner plumber or you're a master plumber or you're a licensed plumber you you're a technical specialist sure. or you're a technical assistant but in, in in essence it's one license that specifies what your expertise 
fees are. We spent the last couple of minutes speaking about the value chain of, of, of a lot of these industries and the stakeholders that plug into that. Uh, similarly, in, in, in the plumbing industry, are there a lot of training opportunities that exist for a matriculant listening right now thinking actually I, I might want to become a plumber uh, do those training opportunities exist not necessarily through a CETA but just your, your, your partner companies most definitely most definitely you know we, we as an industry or as a professional body don't just isolate ourselves. We work our, with uh, the Institution of Plumbing South Africa, which works essentially on training and development. But we work with technical institutions, your TZ colleges. Apart from that, you know, we, we as an industry have also realized that we have to broaden our horizons. We have to take this back to basic education as well, which I have to give, you know, sometimes we critique our government a lot, but we have to give praise to the fact that they're conscientizing young people in the development of trades already there's certain uh, projects that they've aligned to education where young people already are aware of these industry choices and they can select them from a very young age but i can't uh, mention that there's room for improvement certainly you can't punch with the finger you have to put all fingers together to create a force and that's why we're trying to tighten our, um, you know, um, relationships with yeah. our seaters, with government, with all our role players together. But there are platforms where people can actually develop themselves and train in becoming a professional plumber. Zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Our telephone lines are lighting up. Uh, let's speak to Nolene out in Durban. Nolene, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic, Nolene. What's on your mind this morning, ma'am? Um, yeah. No, I just going to say I just so agree with everything that your speakers are saying. I think um, you know, we could improve by um, at school level um, giving, you know, telling people, these youngsters, more and more about trade and how to go into a trade, which are so so valuable. I mean, as you earlier said, you know, your brains get blocked at home, your toilet or whatever, and who do you call? Mm -hmm. A tradesperson. Mm. You don't call an accountant or a doctor. Mm. So, you know, they, they uh, provide a hugely valuable service, but I think it's downplayed. Mm. And the status needs to be um, raised by possibly school counselors when they are talking to children about what careers path to follow. You know, not mm. everybody mm. is a major academic that's going to go and split the atom. Mm, mm, um, absolutely, and I think maybe we should start at that level and encourage more people to go into these these valuable trades. Mm, mm, absolutely, but Butelezi, do you, that that idea of school counselors going and talking to kids in schools about career opportunities? Are there partnerships that uh, DHET have with with a lot of these institutions that that do these talks? Correct. Uh, even at Department of Higher Education and Training. There is a specific unit that is that deals with career guidance. It even goes to taxi rank, to train station. To Do we have enough of them? I've never seen them. Uh, it they might not be everywhere. Sure, but we do we, we do have them. And also, Department of Basic Education, they do run, they right, do run right. career guidance. CITAS, they have dedicated uh, career uh, career career guidance, but as it said. It's not. It's not. It's, 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 it's not. It's not enough. We need to. We need to do more. Yeah. We need to get more to, to to primary schools, to yeah. high schools. The quality of artisans we produce in our FET colleges, do they meet international standards? Uh, is it an exportable skill? Uh, 
Definitely. Our, in fact, South African artisans, they, they are sort of all over in the world. Some of them, they are migrating to Canada, to New Zealand, Australia, to Australia. Yeah. Those are the areas that use our, our artisans. So the quality of uh, artisans that we, that we are producing, they can, they can work anywhere, anywhere in the world. It's just that we need to promote the artisanal sure. careers. Rendani, are your, are your plumbers exportable, your master plumbers? Definitely, definitely. It goes without a doubt. I mean, um, actually, uh, our previous speaker right now just mentioned it. You know, the quality of the work we produce. Oh, we seem to sing, and the quality. Sing. It's so sad that, really, from a micro perspective, we don't really. Can you hear me? Oh, Renani, I'm going to have to put you back and see if we can get you on a better line. It keeps cutting in and out, and I'd really love to hear what you're saying. But let's continue taking some of your calls. Wesley in Joburg, good morning. Hi, good morning, Dixon. Compliments to you and your panel. Thank you so much, sir. What's your comment or question? First, let me just uh, commend you for uh, what you started with, that you, you, you're doing uh, woodwork and stuff like that, and that was great uh, to hear from you. I just want to say, I wonder, I might, I might be off the subject, but I wondered whether, is there no way in which we could look at work in a holistic way? Um, as you were saying earlier, I sometimes hear that we will talk of, including trade unions, talk of decent work. But I thought that as a country which, which is developing, all work is decent. What we mm. need are decent wages. If you don't have cleaners in the hospital, uh, they are just as important as doctors and so forth. So I just wondered whether... Uh, we shouldn't really start cultivating that mind in which we look at all work. We are building a country. All work should be sacred. And we would ask our leaders to really try, including our trade unions, don't make people who are doing other work as if it's menial work. Mm, work mm. in a country that is being built is extremely important. If you go to Australia, when, when one was in, 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 when you're in overseas, a white person comes in to come and clean you, you get surprised because with us it's a low kind of thing. But any work, any work should be decent. And Absolutely. Somebody spoke yeah. of schools, churches and other places, and, 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 and in fact religious institutions. We are building a country, and everything that we do, if I, I'm a retired Methodist minister, if I was asked to sweep this only, I would sweep with, 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 with a prayer in my heart. Mm. That work has got to be done. Thank you so and much so, for that, Wesley. I'm going to have to oh, leave you there. Okay. Thank you so much for your call. Really do appreciate it. Uh, that is, uh, I, growing up, I, I did well in maths and science at school. And for me, I, I thought this will get me and my family out of poverty. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought the best way out of this is because I'm good at medicine science, I'm going to go study engineering and science. And that's exactly what I did, albeit I'm doing broadcasting now. Uh, but the earning potential was the calculation I made. Mm -hmm. Is it are manufacturing jobs and well paying jobs for those who are making that calculation right now? If you were to ask Rendani now how much he charges out for a call out fee for a plumber. Rendani, how much do plumbers charge for a call out fee? Rendani? 
upset. I don't want to upset and make uh, certain plumbers happy. <laughs> but I can tell you right now, it's a credible number. You know, it's it's it's, it's a respectable figure. You know, and yes. it obviously depends on give a, okay, you. Yes. As, <laughs> give us a range. Give us a range. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to make my plumbers upset if yeah. I'm happy. I don't want to do that. I'll be shooting myself in the foot. But what I can tell you that it's, it's you have to respect their time yeah. you know you're not you need to you need to respect their time and time has a sense of value attached to it and yeah. once you understand that you will see that it's actually economically viable it's yeah Rendani doesn't want to give an answer but I'll viable. give you an answer last time I called a plumber I paid a thousand rand for just Correct. a call out there we before go before they even there look at what's yeah, wrong yeah before they even look at it <laughs> so if you if you start with a plumber and you go all the way that's how it is do welders do they make good money very good I think he's an artisan. He can answer that question. They make yeah, but now money. he's an administrator. Well, he's an artisan. He's always an artisan. But Butelez? Definitely. Definitely. Is it, is it above the average in South Africa? Artisans are earning above average in, in, in South Africa. They are earning quite well. Very well. You go, go to the manufacturing sector. Look on the salaries of artisans. Go to the mining sector. Look at salaries of artisans. Any sector, they are earning quite far above average. It's just that it might have not been something that is, is spoken about. Some of them, they might be even earning more than, more than what a lawyer makes mm, mm. and other profession and other white-collar profession makes. Sure, sure. But because they are wearing this overalls, yeah. we think they are not they are not making money, but they are making a good living and they are creating employment opportunities, which is key. Yeah. Let's continue taking some of your calls. Piri out in Alex. Good morning, sir. Piri. Seems like we may have lost Piri. We'll we'll try getting back on the line there. Mandla in Gabeja, good morning. Morning, Oliver. Go ahead, sir. What's on your mind? Um you know, coming coming to your story, Oliver, where you said uh, you used to see this um um how do you call it uh, the plumber coming in, bad cracks and all of that. Yeah. Me, by the way, I'm a motor mechanic, uh, I'm a qualified motor mechanic. So uh with me I used to see Abupra what was in Cape Town on the town seat, dirty overalls and fixing cars, but now never mm. Then mm. after my trick, my mother, uh, I didn't do anything in, in, in a trick. Then my mother asked me, what are you going to do? I said, no, I'm looking for a job that's going to wear a tie and a suit. He said, no, man. there's a lot of those guys, uh, uh, graduates, who are um, who pass and then who are sitting at home. Why don't you do, go to the TV? Mm. TV? Nah, man. Mm. Then he said, no, man, just try it out. And, and, and when you get there, try to do something that you want to work with your hand. Mm. Don't go for like your business management office and all of that. Then I thought, then I said, okay, let me try the uh, motor mechanic. I went there, Oliver. I did my three years. Um, I, mind you, in the, in the first year, I was a top achiever. I was I was studying. I don't know whether I must mention this. I was studying in in Foster College in Cape Town. Mm. Foster College has about five uh, uh, campuses. I was in Kailicha. I was a top achiever in motor mechanic. With, with with the other lady. So mind you, in the following year, the second year, I was an SRC. And mind you, because of uh, what I was a top achiever, 
I was nominated to go to overseas because Fosby College has has an exchange program. I'm not sure whether now because that was back then in 2012. Mm. I went to Norway. Mm, mm. I stayed there for a week because in that exchange program, the, on, the, on the following year, the guys from Norway, they come to South Africa in, in Fosby College. And uh, so we have that. Then as we go there, we learn about all risks and all of that. Mm. Cut, cut the story short. I passed. Then at first we call it, when you passed well, because I did the interview, so I passed well in my final year, then they find me a job. They called me, said, man, I must go there. I, I, I went to a company called Magadams. We were assembling um, um, fridges, the, the, those three big fridges that they take, um, uh, what do you call it, in, the, in uh, uh, those uh, big uh, retail shops. That yes, 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 yes. That, the big one, we assembled that. Then on the following year, they phone me say I must go to I don't know where I must mention this. Campus. Do you do I you feel like you have a sense of job security in in your industry, Mandla? Mm. Too much, too much. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm I'm getting to that. I'm not aware. I'm not, I'm not uh, using too much of your time. Then I went. They, they said I must go to Toyota. I went to Toyota. I did my my apprenticeship for four years. After that, I qualified. I did my trade test. Yeah, yeah. And then I was I worked for Toyota for about seven years. Oh wow, but that, now, that's that's really that's good. Yeah, mm, Mandla, now this, yeah. we're going to have to leave it there, man. I, I, I really oh, do appreciate okay. you sharing your story with us. Really, really do appreciate right. it. Join us out in Sasselberg. Good morning. Morning, morning, Oliver. Mm, go ahead, go ahead. What's on your mind? Uh, Oliver, I'm one of the blind entrepreneurs here in Sasselberg. So my company, Sianka Construction and Trading, will also like to provide additional trainings. So... Uh, in fact, in, in, in fabrication, welding, mm. pipe fitting, mechanical fitting. So I would like Mesita to assist me with accreditation, so that I can I can be accredited, so that I can uh, give uh, people uh, legal qualifications mm. that are accredited. Mm. And Rendani to me, if he can assist me with plumbing license, so that. I can also uh, provide plumbing skills uh, to uh, use here in Sasolbeck. Yeah. Because, Thank you th- know, we we stay in petrochemical industrial area. There is a lot of refineries here around. Mm. Uh, mm. Yes. Thank you so much, Jonas. So, really appreciate it, sir. Do you want to speak to that, uh, uh, Um, If he can leave his details, we can get uh, mm. people from Mercita to assist him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, so how how do people? What's the best way to get a hold of Mercita if you if you want to access some of the grant opportunities that exist? We are uh, national. We've got our head office is here in Parktown, but we've got presence in all provinces. Provinces. We've got a website. It's uh, mercita.org.za. Uh, if you need any information, we update it there. And if. Uh, uh, I think that's the easiest way to get uh, hold of us. Mm. But we can also leave some numbers uh, if people are w- would like to call and find out in their specific areas they want to speak to specific people. Then we can we can leave a, a, a number that they can contact. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that right at the end. Mm. But Babu Telezi, there's there's a young person listening right now thinking, okay, let me get started. But they don't know where to start. Uh, they're waiting for the metric results. They get it, they realize they pass next week. What do they do? In every district, we have a TVET college. Uh, they visit the TVET college, 
look at the careers, visit our Department of Higher Education and Training uh, website. Uh, look, there, there are specific colleges that we have uh, given them the status of being centers of specialization. Look on how those colleges can, in your locality, they can assist you to link you with the industry so that you could also look, get the list of occupations in high demand so that your choice is informed by something that you will be able to, that will lead you to employment or create employment. So. Yeah. Tivet College is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, Randani, do, do you guys with the Plumbing, in, uh, plumbing Industry Registration Board, do you help uh, opportunity finding, placement finding, training opportunity uh, location? Uh, do you guys assist with that? Yes. Yeah, so what we do is we align ourselves with the entire industry. We have five different role players within the industry I mentioned uh, earlier as well. So we, we can align uh, any young person Oh, we completely, completely can't hear you there. Can you try that again, Rendani? Oh, not at all. We've completely, completely uh, lost that oh, connectivity yeah. with Rendani. Uh, look, we'll, we'll try to get that information. I'll tweet it out. So follow me on Twitter at Oliver underscore speaking. Um, I certainly will tweet out the number that, that Natisa will leave us with. Um, and, and, and maybe that will help you find that allocation. I'm also on Facebook. Oliver Dixon on Facebook. Find me over there. We'll t- tweet it from and post it from the uh, SAFM social media accounts. That's on Facebook as well as on Twitter. So find me on those platforms and I'll certainly disperse that information so that you can have it readily available. Uh, Natisa, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Rendani, appreciate your time thank as you. well. Uh, Sabela Butelezi, appreciate you coming into studio and having this conversation with us. Critically important conversation. We'll have a more of these sorts of conversation next week.